Good evening, everybody. Uh, they gave me this microphone, but they did not tell me what to do with it. All good? Can you hear me? Does my wife hear me? Good. Very good. Uh, I am privileged. I am privileged above measure. And I'm glad that <clears throat> I belong to this church. And I'm glad that I have such a pastor that leads this church and he's guided by the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is all product of <clears throat> God working through him. And I'm sure that you all agree with this. And it is just amazing to see how God is working. Day in and day out, week in, week out. Ten years already, eleven years already. But before we go any further, shall we go in prayer and ask for God's blessing upon the message and may, may he open our ears and our hearts and our eyes to see so we won't be just listeners or hearers of the word but doers of the word as well. Let us pray together. Father, Heavenly Father, we are gathered here together under this blessed tent to not entertain each other, not to socialize, but to come humbly before you and ask you to be with us and be present with us. Move with your spirit amongst us, Lord, we pray. Stirred in a big way, Father, because it is time for your church to awake and enlarge the territory of your kingdom. Lord, I pray that each one of us present here, starting with a little child, ending up with the oldest person present here, would hear from you, not from men, not from notes, not from ideas, but from you and you alone. May I be a channel, Lord, and may, as we open your word, may we glean, Lord, may we feast on your word, do edify our souls, do strengthen our spirits in these last days, Father, we pray. Do be with our pastor and his family, Lord, we pray. Do encourage him, do strengthen him. Lord, may he go from strength to strength. May he lead his sheep at quiet waters, Lord, as under shepherd. So, Lord, be with us tonight, we pray. And may the message be a blessing to me and to everybody present here. We pray for all these things in Jesus Christ's name, the bishop and the author of our souls. Amen. 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 Well, the flags all around this tent uh, tells you that this was the week of missions. And as I was preparing this message, really, uh, I was thinking about this uh, quite, a, uh, quite a time uh, ago. But this evening, uh, Seth called me and asked if uh, I can bring a message. And here I am, standing here in front of you, shaking and uh, being in distress. Would you pray for me as I deliver the message so that it would not be my breaking voice, but it may be the power of God. Now, let us turn to the book of Ezekiel uh, today. The prophet Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, he was called by God unto the ministry. And in the very first chapter, we see following picture of 
circumstances in which this blessed prophet was placed in. In the very first chapter, in the very first verse, in fact, we're going to read first three verses, and I hope it will not be tiresome for you to hear what uh, I have here tonight uh, for you. It's only seven bullet points, really small, little, succinct message, but I want you really to pay attention to it. So in chapter 1, starting with verse 1, all the way down to verse 3, we read this. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Kebar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. And here is a very key uh, phrase that will concentrate our attention uh, on for the next few minutes. Let us continue to read down to verse 3. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river of Kebar. And the hand of the Lord was there upon him. It is wonderful to read this uh, portion, this few little verses, but we'll concentrate on verse 1. And it says here, And I saw visions of God. And as you know, the entire chapter talks about how he saw archangels and seraphims and the glory of God. Now, this week was the week of missions. We, we heard wonderful testimonies of people going uh, to different places and preaching uh, the gospel. But before you actually go and speak for God, you have to see God yourself. Because if you don't see God, how and what in the world are you going to say? God needs to be shown unto you in your innermost being so that when you are filled with the vision of God, when the Lord is expressly present in your life, then in this power you are going to preach to all the nations. And then it will not be cheap talk, like our brother uh, Dylan uh, mentioned uh, when he delivered the message. Anybody can speak. Anybody can talk. Even a donkey. But if you did not see God, then it's a cheap talk. Anybody can open the word. Anybody can uh, come up with a sermon with 27 bullet points. But if it is not based upon the foundation, the firm foundation of the vision of God, all this will be a futile enterprise. It will be a vain thing, really. So, in this passage we see that Ezekiel saw God. It is a wonderful uh, opportunity that he had. But it is in verse 26 that he starts seeing God. Before that, he sees angels. And these angels, they were covered with <clears throat> four wings. They had six wings, four wings. Uh, with four wings, they, fl uh, they flew with four uh, with with two wings, they flew with two wings. They covered themselves, and uh, and two wings covered uh, the other parts. And so this shows the holiness of God. 
before you are going to speak about Holy God, you have to see the vision of the Holy God. So this is this is a small little uh, incentive, really, a seed for you to meditate upon because time will fail us if we will continue uh, from Genesis to Revelation to look at how holy God is. But first of all, as uh, I wanted us to see, uh, if, when, not if, when you are called to preach the gospel, you have to seek God and His holiness. And in uh, the same chapter, six, uh, verse 26 and downwards, we see what he saw. And he saw God. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne. He sees God on a throne. If you don't see God on the throne of your heart, of this world, you will be intimidated by this world. Then you will think that there is somebody else that is really above God. But there is nobody above God. God is sitting on the throne and you are his messenger. You are preaching his message. So he's sitting on the throne and as the appearance of a sapphire stone and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw as the color of amber as the appearance of fire round about within it. From the appearance of his loins even upward and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire and it had brightness round about when you see God he gives you his fire to go and evangelize all the countries starting with with our blessed brothers from Travelers community ended up with England and is this Oxford's flag? I think it is. Anyway, you will be able to preach the entire world when you see God he gives you and he imparts with you his fire and guess what? And his brightness and his brightness is the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain. So was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face. Now, before you stand up to preach the gospel, you need to fall down flat before God and then you'll be used. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard a voice of one that spake. And when he speaks to you, he tells you what you need to speak to others. First point, the vision of God. Before you go and speak, before you go and use this blessed divide over here, you need to see God. Second one, uh, vision of sin. So the first one, vision of the Savior. Second one, the vision of sin. Why don't we go ahead and turn to chapter 2 starting with verse 1 to 8. This is chronological order from chapter 1 and from verse 1 to verse 8. We read this. And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation. There it is their sin. Are you burdened to see what is going on around you? If you are feeling like a fish in the water in this world, then 
I don't think God can really use you because you are part of this world. Go away from this world, set apart from this world and you will be sent to speak to this world. So here in verse 3 we see to a rebellious nation. This is a vision of sin that Ezekiel has. That has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me even unto this very day. Now in verse 3 we see three times sin mentioned. Rebellious, rebelled and transgressed. I believe each and every one of us who are part of God's family, we see what's black and what's white. We see whether there is a lie and whether there is truth. God gives us this wisdom that God gives us, God enlightens us. He gives us this light and we can see it. And, but what are we doing about it? We see this world filled with wickedness and iniquity. And the child of God should have a proper response towards it. God is holy and He does not tolerate sin. He loves the sinner. But as we heard, He does not like sin. So, second one, vision of sin. We need to have a proper vision of sin. We need to understand that God will not live with, with, with sin. In the churches, in the states, in the uh, countries, and in the whole world, there is sin, and sin abounds. And sin abounds. That's why all of us have a task, a great commission really, to go and preach the gospel, which is able to save unto the uttermost. So, second point is vision of sin. Now, third one, I really like it. Turn with me to uh, Ezekiel chapter 2. Verse 9. Okay. And when I looked, behold, and a hand was sent unto me, and a roll of a book was therein. And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without. And there was written therein lamentations, and mourning, and woe. Continue down to chapter one, uh, chapter 3 to verse 3. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. Are you acquainted with the word of God? Because the roll is mentioned here for four times. Now, here is a message. A rule of repetition. Whenever God wants us to nail the message down, He repeats it a few times. Here we have four times God mentions about His Word, God's Word. Four times. Roll, 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 and book. Four times. You have to know the Scriptures when you are going to evangelize uh, the world. When you are going to evangelize your next door neighbor. When you are going to evangelize... Uh, a teacher in the staff room, you have to be acquainted with God's word. More, of the, more than that, it has to be part of your inner man. It has to be, uh, it has to have such a sweetness to your soul that you would prefer this over anything else. So I encourage you, brethren, to delight in the word of God. This is sweet to your spirit. This is sweet to your soul. And 
This is the power and the salvation of many. So the first one, the vision of Savior. Before you go and preach to the nations, you have to see God. Second one, you have to be really burdened for this world which sink in deep in sin. Third one, you have to have a sweet word abiding in you. Just uh, uh, after morning service, we uh, spoke uh, with a brother, with a brother, and uh, he mem- he mentioned uh, Psalm one. I want you to turn to that psalm with me, please. And uh, this is just a few verses, uh, but it talks about a blessed man. I'm sure that all of us want to be blessed men and women. Uh, well, it is the key to it. Psalm 1, down to verse 3. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight in, is in the law of the Lord. Now, the law of the Lord stands here for the sweet gospel of Christ in this world, in, the, in, this, uh, in, this, in this blessed book we hold in our hands. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Now, here's the result. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. Pay attention, in his season. Not when you want it. We all are uh, strange creatures, aren't we? We plant the seed and we want for flowers to come up next day. No. No, my friend. This doesn't work like this. You need to wait. That's the law. That's the law of nature. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You want to prosper? See God. Be burned for this sinful world and delight in this world. In this, in this blessed book that came from the lips of Holy Spirit into the minds of men, and they jotted all down for us. Next one. Now, uh, the vision of self. Very important. Very important. Let us turn back to Ezekiel chapter 3, please. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Ezekiel 3, verse 8 and 9. There we go. Uh, after that God spoke to him and said, eat that roll, this is what God says next to him, to Ezekiel. He says in verse 8 and 9 this, Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead strong against their foreheads. As an adamant, flint, have I made, pardon me, thy forehead, fear them not. Neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. Now, first he saw God. Then he was burned for the people around him in captivity. They were rebellious and they were transgressing. Next he saw the vision of scroll. Now he sees the vision of self. Now God prepares him. Back up with me to chapter 2, verse 6. So you can get a bigger picture of the people to whom God sent 
uh, this, uh, this prophet. Look how God calls them in this verse 6. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions. That's how I feel every time I go to school. Eyes are watching. Children are watching, and you almost feel like they are just waiting for you to trip over, and you could just see that snares are laid all over you. Scorpions. Now, this is the context of those uh, people living in the, uh, in the captivity. You might have thought that they have repented long time ago because, because of the sin they were sent to captivity. But even in captivity, we see that they are called scorpions. Not saints, but scorpions. Can you imagine? And to this kind of people, God sends Ezekiel. Well, in order to deal with these scorpions, you have to be equipped. Shouldn't you? You have to be equipped. And God says to him that I made you strong. I made your face strong. I made your forehead strong. Interesting, isn't it? I made your head strong, meaning you'll be headstrong. Meaning you will go and you will not stop, even though the opposition will be Stinging opposition. Horrible. Horrible place to be. Nevertheless, the man was equipped by God. As an adamant stone. Can you imagine? Adamant stone. Some say it's a... It's a Imari stone. I have no idea what Imari stone is. But I know that some people say that adamant is uh, a stone of diamond. So diamond is very strong. Diamond can crush scorpion. Of course, we're not talking about physical uh, assault or physical offense or anything like this. Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against powers and principalities and wickedness in high places. So, when Ezekiel saw God, when he has received, when he had received the vision of Savior, when he had the vision of sin... Then he saw the vision of scroll. Now he sees the vision of self. And he is equipped to go to this, to this, to this thorns and briars and scorpions. I'm sure you will agree with me. As long as God is with you, you will go wherever he sends you. As long as God is with you, let the whole world uh, try to crush you. As long as God has got his hand upon you, you are safe. This is the safest place to be. When God is backing you up. When God is walking in front of you, behind you, supporting you, and saying, this is the way. Amen. Now, this is self. Chapter 3, verse 14. Okay, this is another part of self. Okay. I would not be doing a good service if I would only look at this portion about self. At verse 8 and 9. Let's take the whole picture of the vision of self. In this case, Ezekiel. Chapter 3, verse 14, please. After God spoke to him and said, here's your mission. This is what was the... Um, uh, feeling, or this is how Ezekiel reacted. 
Look what he says here. So the spirit lifted me up and took me away. And I went in bitterness. In the heat of my spirit. But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. I would probably have the same bitterness. You would probably have the same bitterness. You would probably have the same heat of your spirit. Because the Lord already told you what kind of people you are going to speak to. And these are not pleasant people. They will sting you. They will sting you. They will sting you. When I never experienced, of course, uh, a scorpion's sting. But they say it's excruciating. It's horrible. Scorpion sting. And of course, natural reaction of man will be what? Bitterness. Why didn't you send him? Why didn't you send her? Me? Why me? My dear friend, I understand. You can be in bitterness of your soul. My dear friend, I understand you can be in the heat of your spirit. But don't you forget that the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. I love this. I love this very much. Forget bitterness. Forget the heat of the spirit. And remember who is with you. I mean, there are countries today. People go and try to reach them for Christ. And all they end up with, uh, all they end up with is being behind bars. Right? Many places all around the world have this attitude towards foreigners, towards Christian missionaries. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the hand of the Lord was strong upon Ezekiel and he went, no matter what. I love this. But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Now, this is the whole picture of what Ezekiel experienced back then. Okay. First, he was said that he was made strong, but even after that, a natural man. And this, 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 this struggle will continue. You will have fear, you'll have doubts, but don't stop there, or else you will lose the battle. Keep going until you remember only one thing. The hand of the Lord is upon you to preach, the, to, preach to the entire world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's move on. And this is verse 22, please, with me. Okay, we're still on the vision of self. Verse 22. Uh, 3.22. And the hand of the Lord was there upon me. Again, we see the repetition. And the hand of the Lord was upon me. I want for the hand of the Lord to be upon me all the time. And I'm sure you do as well. So, let us see God... Let us pray to him that he would walk with us like with Adam in the, in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day. Uh, one interesting passage. Would you turn with me to Daniel 11, please? Daniel 11. Uh, from one prophet to another. One prophet supports another prophet. Uh, same uh, idea in chapter 11, verse 32, please, with me. Uh, blessed I was when I read this verse first and still cannot uh, forget it. I pray that I would never forget it. So that's Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. <clears throat> Daniel, of course, as we know, uh, was the prophet about the end days, right? And this is the context of uh, chapter 11. 
and verse 32 reads, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. And here's the point. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Beautiful, wonderful verse. And in fact, this verse stands right in the middle of the chapter. Before verse 32, Daniel speaks about the past. And after verse 32, he speaks about the future. And it is interesting that we as people of God, there were always people of God in this world, in the history of the world, uh, and in the future, and since we live in the future, that are strong and will do exploits. Do exploits means they will do valiantly. They will do great and mighty works. Do exploits. One of them is to preach the nations. Okay, so this verse goes in parallel with Ezekiel 3.22. So this is vision of self. Remember, you are made strong to preach the gospel. And it's okay if you feel bitterness and if you feel heat in your spirit. But it's not okay if you stop, if you stop there. Keep going and remember one thing. That the hand of the Lord is upon you. Amen. Amen. That's it. Let's move on. Now, next one. Vision of spirit. Now, this is Ezekiel 3.24. We are still in the same chapter. And verse 24. Now, before you actually open your mouth to preach to the whole world, you have to realize that you need the spirit of God to empower you, to fill you, and to use you. Just like we see in verse 24. Then the Spirit entered into me. Has the Spirit of God entered into you? Yeah. Ask yourself this question. If yes, it's very good. If not, I am sure that there are people here tonight who don't have any slightest idea what the Spirit of God is. Well, to you my friend, I am glad to announce that God wants to impart the Spirit with you. God wants to save you. And He preaches unto you and He speaks unto you the saving message of the Gospel, which is found only in Christ Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. And He is the life. Alright, so in verse 24 we see, Then the Spirit entered into me, and set me upon my feet, and spake with me, and said unto me, Go, shut thyself within thine house. Next one, the vision of spirit. Before you speak to India, to Moldova, to whatever flag you see around, you have to be seeing God. You have to see how wicked this world is. This is a vision of sin. You have to be filled with the scroll of God, which is the word of God. You have to realize who you are in Christ, who you are in God, and how He equips you. And be honest with yourself. When you see and uh, witness that you have bitterness, then give it all to God. I'm sure that He will come back to you and He will say, My friend, my hand is upon you. But also, don't forget the vision of spirit. Now, in the same verse, in verse 24, we see what? The Spirit entered into me, 
in the beginning of the verse, but the last line of the verse says, go shut thyself within thine house. Wait a second, what is going on here? I thought the prophet was sent to preach the gospel, not hold the gospel back. Contradiction? My friend, make no mistake. Make no mistake. Go shut thyself within thine house, the Spirit said. Now, the next point to which we come is the vision of silence. The vision of silence. Now, this is Ezekiel 3, 24-26. Okay, 24 we just read. Let's carry on reading all the way down to verse 26. Just to get a bigger picture and bigger context. But thou, O son of man, behold, they shall put bands upon thee and shall bind thee with them. And thou shalt not go out among them. Wait a second, what's going on? I thought you sent me and now you're, you're telling me I will not go out to them? Let's carry on, don't stop. And I will make thy tongue cleave to the roof of thy mouth that thou shalt be dumb. Wow. I thought the prophet was sent to preach the gospel, but here he is being made dumb. Don't stop. And shall not be to them a reprover, for they are a rebellious house. For they are a rebellious house. Now from verse 24, uh, verse 25, and ending with verse 26, we see how God makes a prophet Silent. There is a time, you know, there is a time. Sometimes, some, may God give us wisdom, okay? I know that they cannot hear without a preacher, okay? We see this in the book of Romans, chapter 10, we see this. But may God give us wisdom when to speak and when not to speak. Sometimes your actions will speak a lot more, a lot more effective than your words. May your actions speak louder than your words. This is the this is how I believe this is how Christ preached while he was on this earth. Thousands and thousands were drawn unto him, not because of his words, but because of his holy life. They could not see. Even at the end of his uh, earthly life, Christ said. The prince of this world cometh and he can find nothing in me. It means even the devil, as much as he wanted to find a spot or a blemish in Christ, he could not. He could not. Are you like this? Are you walking circumspectly? Are you walking by the grace of God? Are you walking like that uh, man Stephen when he was stoned? They saw his face as a face of an angel. Are you walking like this? I wish I can walk like this every day. And not somewhere out there, but in my family when my children see me. That's the hardest job, isn't it? Hardest. Don't stop. Let's go. Next one. So this is the vision of silence. Sometimes it is better for you to be quiet. And, I mean, look at uh, these friends of Job. Wise men, wise men, when they came, what did they do? They sat silently. Because uh, the damage that this man had in, this, in, in his life, what words could encourage that man? Unless you yourself went through this 
valley of death. You cannot understand the man, really. Can you? You can't. Therefore, sit down and be quiet. Be still and know that I am God. Let God do the work, okay? Stop, stop being cocky. That's the word. There we go. So, that's the vision of silence. And the last one, the vision of speaking. The vision of speaking. Finally, now we're coming to a point around which the whole conference was uh, organized. Speaking the gospel. Preaching the word to the dying world. Vision of speaking. Now, look here. The vision of speaking came only after how many points? After a vision of Savior, after the vision of sin, after the vision of scroll, after the vision of self, after the vision of spirit, after the vision of silence. And we think that preaching gospel is easy. I just get up and go and do something. This is shallow. This will not do. This will not do. Let's get serious about this. Seek God first and He will tell you what to speak, how to speak, when to speak, to whom to speak. Very last verse. Ezekiel 3, verse 27. This is God is saying here. But when I speak with thee, I will open thy mouth. And thou shalt say unto them, Thus says the Lord God. This is lovely. I love this. Wait for God's timing. And when you are waiting on Him, He will speak to you. He will open your mouth. And when He opens your mouth, no one will be able to shut it. When God speaks to you, when He opens your mouth, maybe you're like Moses, about whom we uh, heard yesterday, trying to find excuses as to why not to go and preach the gospel to the dying world. Find excuses. I'm not eloquent speaker. I'm not um, an erudite. I'm not uh, qualified. Okay, that's understandable. That's understandable. Nevertheless, my friend, don't forget that the hand of the Lord is upon you and the Spirit of God is in you and the vision of the Savior you have seen. Now the sin that's all around you bothers you and vexes your spirit like it did with righteous Lord. You have seen the vision of self. You have seen that there is a time sometimes to stop and not speak. And now you are ready to speak. So my friends, I, uh, I am burdened to preach the gospel to people whenever I have the opportunity. And let's not take this lightly, but let us seek God first. And then he will open our mouths to speak. And may his kingdom be enlarged and extended. And even though you are dwelling among scorpions, nevertheless, you see the vision of the Savior. And that might, and that will be sufficient for you to go forth and preach the word. Amen. Why don't we go ahead and pray. 
Father, we, we know that we need you. We know that without you, everything is futile and vain. And all the opportunities and all the gifts and talents are just another nuisance without you, Father. Therefore, we beg and we pray that we would see you. I remember how those Greeks came and said, Sir, may we see Jesus. Father, we pray that we will see Jesus again and again and again. Continue to show unto us Jesus and continue to show Jesus unto us in such a way that it would, that this vision would prompt us to go and be silent, but not only, but to speak as well. Father, I pray for those who are not saved, those who did not see God yet. It is possible. Just like Ezekiel saw God in, in the vision, so it is possible with everybody. For you are not willing that any should perish. And we know, Father, that you are a good God, merciful. And your loving kindness is surpassing generations. Father, we are grateful unto you that you have committed unto us this task. Now help us to go forth in the power of the Spirit and see works wrought in God. For we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.